Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. This episode is brought to you by Angie, Estimate Rocket, and Paint Supply. What happened? All right. So uh, when I was first I was owner operator, right? So I was still on the job and stuff. I had actually only had one guy working with me at the time. I hired a guy, Craig. He's actually one of our great workers now, right? So we're in this house. I left them at about one o'clock uh, to go do estimates because I'm sure everybody's done that where, you know, you're kind of trying to get off of the job, right? And do more of the business side. Um, well, I get a call and Craig's bigger dude, right? And it wasn't super high walls, maybe like 12 feet. Okay. Well, I get a call from Josh and uh, he's actually our project manager now, but he goes, uh, there, there was a fall. Right. And I'm like, what does that mean? I'm like, what does that mean? There was a fall because there was carpet everywhere. And I'm like, he's like, yeah, the new guy. Cause it was Craig. It was, it was the first week on the job. And he goes, uh, yeah, he fell. I was like, well, he's a big dude. Like, what do you mean he fell? I was like that I had to like shake the house, you know? Oh, no. um, so I go out, I'm like, all right, I'll be back out there. So I end up going back out. I said, okay, well, where'd he fall at? Well, where he fell at, there was carpet. So they had cleaned it, right? There's a little bit of, uh, of a mess they got in there. I'm like, okay, well, it looks good. But if everybody spilled paint on carpet, you all know, okay, that once it dries, it dries hard, right? Oh, yeah. So I'm at my kid's T-ball later in the day. I think everything's good. We're good. Craig didn't hurt himself. He was fine. Um, I go to the homeowner. I'm like, hey, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, you know, everything's good. So I'm like, cool. So his wife gets home. I get this call, right? And she's like, you know, one of your guys fell today. I'm like, oh, yeah, he just slipped down a rung. No big deal. We ended up getting it cleaned up. She's like, well, it's not cleaned up. My carpet is hard, right? So I'm like, okay, well, in my head, this is, I'm brand new company, probably only have like five reviews, right? So I really don't have any room for error, all right? So I go, I know I wanna go there in the morning, but I'm like, this is a dire need to happen right now moment, right? So I say, no problem, I'll be there in 15 minutes, right? So I tell my wife, hey, gotta go out there, right? So on the way there, I'm thinking, okay, this is a brand new company. Uh, let's say their carpet's bad. It's only like a $2,700 job. So it's not a huge job or anything like that, right? So I say, you know what? I'm going to... I'm a company with integrity. That's what I want to be. So I go there and these people are ready for a fight. Okay. The wife that the husband's over here, he's looking at the <laughs> wife like, Oh, you, you, you're in for a treat, buddy. Right. <laughs> it's about to there. go down. Yeah. So she, she literally, she goes down, she's like, feel his carpet. Right. And I'm like, ma'am, you know what? And this is exactly what I said to her. I said, you know what? I want you to, I want to be honest with you. This is unacceptable. 110%. I go, what I'll do for you is this section of carpet, because I know a buddy that does carpet. I'm like, it's probably about 1200 bucks. I'm not only going to give you $1,200 for a brand new carpet, okay? But I'm not going to make you pay anything for the job. And both of them looked at each other, okay? Because I, I was like, I don't want a bad review. I only have five reviews. Yeah. Like, I can't yeah. afford it, right? <laughs> so they both looked at each other and the husband's like, I mean, I mean, you can't, what are you going to do? And they're like, you don't have to do that. So the lady ends up saying, we have a carpet cleaner downstairs. Let me see if we clean the carpet and everything goes well, right? You know, and everything's good. And I said, well, at least let me give you, because you added on some windows. I was like, at least let me give you the windows for free and we'll see how it works out. Well, we get there the next morning, carpet looks brand new, perfect. Finished the job, got paid on it. Um, and then Craig, the funny part about the story was I was on the fence of like, well, do I fire this guy? Like he fell on his first, you know, week of work. 
Well, I didn't. I said, you know what? He did a pretty good job. Things happen to everybody. Ended up being one of our, you know, best guys now. So it's a funny story though. I mean, it was super <laughs> special. I, mean, I remember going there and just, I remember walking in and you know, like you feel yourself sweat oh, yeah. and you wipe oh, away yeah. and then there's sweat there again. That's exactly how I felt. <laughs> yeah. oh, man. Well done. So where a lot of guys would have went and arguing, that's why they're ready for an argue. Instead, you came over the top, blew their minds, reestablished trust with them. And they just said, you know what? They're so grateful for uh, your goodwill that they took care of it and ended up being a raving fan after all. But here's what we all want to know. Did you get your sixth review? I did get my six year. Yeah. And okay. Was, and, and I was like worried, you know how I know everybody's had customers who are like, do I send this one? Do I not? I'm like, look, I'm going to send them the review. They're really happy with the paint job. And yeah. I ended up getting my six, five stars. Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> Way to go. All right. Well, hello and welcome to the DYB podcast. Today's guest is from Macomb County, Michigan, just about an hour from where I grew up owner of Elite Paint Home Renovations, going into his third year in business, projecting for $1.2 million this year. He's married to his wonderful wife, Megan, with five awesome children, Dominic, Drake, Kingston, Madison, and Jalen. Nick Kelly, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you, sir. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Um, I love this kind of stuff. Um, this is a lot of the stuff that I watch, to be honest. I'm a book reader, but um, I have to listen to audibles and uh, read the book at the same time. It's just how I'm, I have trouble retaining. So mm. podcast, I mean, when I was working for the union, this is what really gave me podcast is what really gave me the push to know that like, hey man, like I'm young and I can do this, right? So yeah. I love podcasts. So I appreciate right you. All right, fantastic. Thank you. So take us all the way back to the beginning. How did you get started in business? Okay, so, um, well, I'll go even how I got started in painting. So um, I really, gonna be honest with you, wasn't the greatest high school student. Um, I played sports. I really didn't like school. I just liked it for the social aspect of everything. Um, we were, this is in the time where if you don't go to college, you're a loser, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, that was like oh, yeah. the thing. Um, so I knew I was gonna go to college. Well, what ended up happening was my buddy, um, Josh, which he actually works for me right now, crazy, but he uh, said, hey man, my dad does this painting thing. Um, you know, you could come help me paint. I used to paint with my dad too, cause he was a painter as well. So that was a cool thing. But I actually started my first company other than doing closets with my father, um, with Josh. And, uh, from there I, I did, it was just a job. I'm not going to lie to you. It wasn't something I thought foreseen myself doing forever. Um, but once I started after about two months, they started showing me how to bid. Right. And then I'm seeing, I'm like, wait a minute. So I'm making X amount of dollars. We're bidding these jobs for X amount of dollars. We're getting all this done. I go, there's a lot more money in this than I thought, right? So um, what I did was I joined the union. Um, I quit that company, joined the union at about 17, 18 years old. And I started working for this company. Um, uh, it was a union company, right? I'm not going to drop any names, but... Uh, very a high end, basically union company. So union companies are usually doing like commercial work, just like kind of, you know, nothing fancy. Well, these guys were doing fancy stuff. Um, after about four years there, um, this is where I really started kind of seeing like that I was pretty good at my craft. I started running big jobs um, and uh, started doing a lot of fine finishing things and stuff like that. And I listened to tons of podcasts, Gary V, um, a lot of motivational stuff. I really got into meditating. Um, that was something I do every morning um, because I always was working for the union and then doing side jobs for myself, which it was elite painting and drywall at the time was the name that I had for my side business, just me doing work, right? So I was working 40 hours a week, plus working at probably an extra 10 or 15 hours, making more money because my wife, obviously we have a ton of kids. So uh, she stays home with them. But uh, 
I listened to these podcasts and I just, you know, Gary Vee and it just kind of was like, man, I'm young. It's probably about 22 at the time. And I was like, man, you know, I really, I really think I can do this by myself. I'm bidding these jobs by myself. I'm getting them done by myself, everything like that. Um, well, a few years ago, I finally, you know, made the jump. Um, and said, you know what, I'm going to just go full fledged on this. I knew that I could get my job back in at, at the company I was working. I had got an offer from another union company that wanted me to have a supervisor role with them. So I knew that I could always come back to this. Like worst case scenario, it doesn't work out. I can come back and do this. So I uh, put in my two weeks and um, I actually, there was another guy from the company I worked that came and worked with me. And funny story, I ended up booking like three weeks of work, right? Right away. And after the first week of work, he he had got another side job and he was like, and it's a, it's a three month job. So I went in there thinking, oh, I got this guy that can work and I can go sell the jobs for right now while I build this thing. And that was one week of that. And then it was back to the drawing board. So um, I basically went and hired a guy who never had any painting experience. It was a, a person I painted with son and um, basically trained him up from the ground up and um, just added a few guys along the way. I went, funny story. So Josh, who I started painting with, um, we, fell out. we didn't talk for like six years. You know, I was doing the union thing. He was kind of doing his own side thing. So I tried calling him. His, his phone was disconnected because when I lost that guy, I was like, man, I really need a lead so I can go out and sell these jobs. Right. So uh, I remember where his mom lived. Okay. So one day I'm like, man, I'm having really trouble hiring guys. Like this was during like the pandemic when hiring was like horrible. It was just real bad. People were getting free money. No one wanted to work. So I went to his mom's house. I parked in front. I, I knocked on, on her door and she looked and uh, she was like, oh, Nick. Hey, Nick, how's it going? So she calls Josh. She's, I was like, can you get hold of Josh? I might have a really good opportunity for him. So she gets on FaceTime with him. She's like, yeah, yeah, your little, uh, your, your, your little uh, dark, dark Mexican friend, right? I'm not Mexican, but that's what she always thought I was. So, and I, and it was funny, you know, at the time. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, hey man, give me a call. Here's my number. Um, I ended up, he ended up wanting a job, got him started. And now he's one of our project managers. So funny story like that. But um, one thing I can really say about business in general is that when I got started, the preconceived notions that I had, um, like, oh, I'm just going to find a bunch of people to work for me. I'm going to be able to golf and chill with my family and they're just going to take care of everything. Right. Well, uh, it's not like that. Okay. <laughs> For anybody that knows, um, it's not exactly like that. Um, but I would say, so we got started. We had a small crew of like three guys that started hiring people. I was working in the field pretty much until two o'clock each day and then doing like a two, three, four and a five o'clock appointment. Um, and I only did Facebook ads. I had no marketing, um, no marketing background. I just looked at some YouTube videos, figured out how to run Facebook ads and put really cool before and afters. That was one big thing though. I knew I needed to get really good reviews at, at when I first started. I knew that I really needed to take really good before and after photos because I understood very early that you are what you market, okay? Like I could be the best painter ever, but if everybody doesn't know and can't see that like we're doing this fabulous work, it doesn't work for you. No one knows you. Okay. No one knows you. Your, your friend's sister might know you, but other than that, that's it. You know? So I, I realized real fast, like, Hey, I need to market myself because I've done so much side work. I knew how it was. It's that you get a job here and there. You might not really want to do the job. Not something you're, is really your cup of tea. And I just wanted things that I knew that I could knock out of the park, do 110% and get a five-star review at. Right. So that was, um, so I, 
that was like one of the biggest things is I marketed by myself for Facebook about seven months, kept us consistently busy. We did $400,000 in our first year with four guys. Okay. Which was pretty crazy. Um, I would say I'm a pretty good, I've had a lot of experience project managing painting and I'm, and I did sales before I ever did painting ever. So I was pretty good in a nutshell at it. Um, the one thing that I didn't have down though, was the systems. Um, I always believed that I, from when I started this company, I always was like, I'm going to make this huge. I want to be a huge company. I want to make a bunch of money. Right. Okay. Um, but I got into the painting contractors group. Okay. And that was really a big changing point for me. Okay. Cause now I was seeing all these other young cats that were, you know, around my age that had really successful businesses that were doing the thing. Right. I started watching uh, Tanner's podcast. Right. And I was like, man, okay. Like I knew I could do it, but now I really know I could do this. And I heard about the PCA expo. Um, and I was like, I, I didn't, I mean, I, I made some money. Right. But I was like, I never, I was, I come from a broke family, right? So we didn't have a lot of money. Okay. So going to spend $3,500 to go to an event and all that is not something like I just do. Okay. It was like a big decision. Like I'm used to spending $500. Okay. So I'm like, I'm just going to do this. I think I'm going to roll the dice and I'm going to go to this expo. Right. So I take my crew lead, uh, Josh, I actually gave the other two guys the week off cause I just didn't have it like that. Right. I couldn't keep the business running and like, I just wasn't there yet. Right. So Josh came out there with me and that was the eye opening, um, thing for me was I started, I talked to everybody. Okay. I, I went to all the meetings. I, I took notes at everything. And I realized that systems, right. Systems, was the way that everybody was making this look easier, right? And I'm like, cause I'm running like, uh, you know, with my head cut off all around trying to do everything, right? And uh, I realized very quickly that um, uh, delegating responsibilities is how you make this look easy. It's how you aren't stressed all the time, right? Building systems to where things are just automatically, you know, going in, in the way, like paints being ordered, things like that, right? Um, and then from there, I was like, okay, I'm going to get a secretary. I'm going to hire three more people. Um, and I'm just going to do the thing. Cause I knew I could sell work. Okay. And I knew one thing that I knew was if I wanted to make the company, build the company as quickly as I wanted to and get to where I wanted to go the fastest, I needed to spend money on marketing. Um, and the problem with me was, is because I come from broke, right. Not having very much money. Um, I, could never justify my head spending three to six to $10,000 a month. I'm like, I didn't even make that much money paying someone that much money when I worked. You know what I mean? So now I'm just going to pay someone to do that. And when I understood ROI though, and saying, okay, yeah, you might spend three grand, but you might turn that three grand into 40 grand or 30 grand or 50 grand or, or even 20 grand. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, is when I really started being t like understanding how marketing worked. Right. Uh, cause I think that's very important. I think that's one thing in our business that people don't realize is that I like the option to figure out what leads I'm going to go on. I don't like just taking anything that comes in. I like to pre-qualify my leads, know that they're my bread and butter, know that I can knock it out of the park. Know I can give the customer exactly what they want. It makes it really easy to get a five-star review there. And we're in a day and an age of everyone is looking at reviews. I mean, you go on Amazon, right? Okay. You got this pair of scissors. You got that pair of scissors. This pair of scissors, three stars. That one's five stars. This one's three extra dollars. Which one are you buying? Five stars. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those things where I was like, okay, I need to do that. And then uh, one thing that I got, I started doing these video walkthroughs of the jobs. 
and like the colors we were using and things like that being like, like that. And you don't know how many appointments I go on now where people are like, I watched all your videos, right? Like before, and I just love them. Right. And it's, it's nothing. It's actually like, I laugh at myself when I do these videos. Cause I, I'm not like, I can get on the phone and do a little selfie video because when I was younger, like on, you know, the phone and stuff. Right. But like, I never really thought that that would be something that customers would really like, like, but it builds trust. So these people see the job site you're on. They see you walk it before, once it's prepped, after it's done, they know how, how the whole situation is going to go if they hire you. Right. So it makes it a lot easier for someone to pull the trigger on your company knowing that. And it was uncomfortable. I mean, we would get, my guys would laugh at me. (laughs) We could laugh together because we have a, very strong company company culture here. I think that's super important um, for our company in general. Like we do, we just did a top golf event where I, you know, rented two bays, um, had everybody come out on a Friday, paid all of them for the Friday being there, uh, and we had a good time. We've done Tigers games, Detroit Tigers games, oh, yeah. town. Um, we've also done uh, Red Wings hockey games, which were really cool. They really like that, but. We really try to make this an environment for people to want to come here and do a good job. Like one of my selling points is that my guys are going to come here with a smile on, on their face and, and be excited to do your project. And people don't realize that in the contractor field, that's not very common, right? People come there and they'll do a good job, but are they happy about it? Right. Are they happy to be there? Are they like, um, you know, so that's like super important for us here because there's times where this crew is a little bit ahead, right? This crew is a little bit behind and I have to pull these guys and say, Hey, go over there and help them get a little bit ahead of the game. Right? Well, if this crew don't like this crew, uh, or they don't mesh really well and not everybody's used to working with each other, that's going to be a lot harder than, you know, having people that, you know, constantly are hanging out and constantly know, you know, Hey, I can tell him to do something and he's not going to be like, Hey, you're not my boss. Right. You know what I mean? Cause we all know how that goes. Everyone has their crew lead who they listen to. They hear another crew lead, tell them. And they're, you're looking at this guy like, dude, I don't know who you're talking to. Like, I don't work, I don't work on your crew, you know? So, uh, we really tried to build something really, uh, really like energetic here. Um, like we got this from Corey, uh, Leister, um, the one, uh, she's the cabinet queen, I call her. Right. Um, I love this because like, it's like replacing words that we use, right. With positive words, right. Like can't, I can hard, challenging, nervous, composed, worry, confident, right. Worried, confident. I love that, you know, cause it's so true when you're worried, right. Okay. Where do you fall back on? Okay. You fall back on your you're, hey, th- I know how to do this. I know how to fix this. I've ran into this problem. I know I can do this, right? So there's no reason to be worried because we know we have SOPs and everything in our company to tell you exactly when you run into problems, how to fix them, right? Good, uh, so yeah. um, that's one big, big, huge thing. But I went from last year, I mean, just in one calendar year, I have four guys um, last year around this time. And I was just getting off of like working on the jobs, like at all. Now I wasn't working full-time or anything, but I was still spraying doors here doing that. Right. But last year I didn't have a shop. We got a, a shop. We got a spray booth. We didn't have any vans, um, until about a year and some change ago. We got vans. Now we got 11 employees. I have a secretary right now. I've just uh, moved up one of our team leads to a project manager role and moved another guy up, um, to a team lead role. Um, we're doing the training right now for that. We just started doing uh, once a month, we let the, everybody put on a paper or something that they want to be trained on, right? And then we do a vote of what we want to do that on. We just, one was spraying. We just taught, I have 
two people that just sprayed doors yesterday um, that never sprayed a day in their life. And they, they primed uh, two sets of doors and they didn't call me one time, you know? Um, so that's something that's super beneficial, but these are like things that I always thought were like, why are these guys wasting money and, and doing a training day? Like you can make so much money in that day. Right. And it's like, now I see that's going to help me tenfold. Cause guess what? Now I have another person I can say, Hey, there's some doors that need to be primed. Let's just keep you here priming doors. And I'll send one of, you know, my spray guy who's a heavy hitter onto the job to knock some stuff out if need be. Right. So those are super, super big things. Um, and kind of like my story. One thing I can say is that honestly, I never had a serious job until I, I went and painted with my friend. Never. I mean, I had a Joe Randazzle's fruit job, a Taco Bell job. Right. So that was like the first thing where I kindly, I, I kind of saw, I was like, okay, I can see a future in this. Right. Mm -hmm. You mentioned sales training before painting. What was that? So uh, I was, uh, I was really young. I was like 16 years old. Right. And uh, I went to this, it was called um, ACS or was the actual company. It was actually fundraising, right? They call it. So you had the Navy Veterans Association, you had uh, breast cancer, right? So you would call cold call. It would just, you'd have a thing on, it would dial for you. You'd have to get these people on the phone. They put you through like a week training, give you a script. Then you basically build down your script to what's a necessity and you do it. There's like 1600 people that worked there. In my first month, by the fourth week that I was painting there, I was the fifth person out of 1600 people in the yeah. fundraiser. Okay. I just learned quick. I was like, okay, I see who the top guys were. I would go over on my break and instead of eating lunch, okay, I would sit there and I'd listen to how they did their calls. And I would sit there for 30 minutes and just looking at them. And they'd always be like, dude, can you get out of here? I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to sit here, sit tight here for a minute, eat this granola bar. Okay. <laughs> so I would do that. And, uh, I started taking little it's and bits of what they were doing and I would write it down. Right. So by that, like third week, I, I knew, I knew how these guys were doing it. Right. So I just started doing that. And then what ended up happening after about six months at that company, I was still like fresh, dude. I think I had just turned 17. Um, and they offered me, uh, a position of like the training. So that one week training that we go, it was me and two other guys that they wanted us to do it. Cause no one had done that that fast. I mean, those guys, the Moody brothers, they were called, they were twins. And they were always one and two. I was three, right? Because these guys have been there for like six, seven years. They're a beast, right? Um, but they they liked that I learned so fast and they wanted to give me an opportunity to um, start teaching other people. So that's where I got a lot of my, I mean, that's the hardest sell I'll tell you right now. You call someone who doesn't want to answer the phone. You start talking about a cause they do not care about, right? Those are the toughest, okay? You get hung up on F you is this, you know what I mean? Like, so you have to have tough skin. But what I realized is that I don't know these people. You know what I mean? I'm just going to, I'm going to try and have a good time. And you'll get these people who will get on the phone with you and have a good time with you. And it ends up being an enjoyable conversation, right? And that really prepped me very well for getting in front of people because nothing's harder than that, right? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And I also did in the summers when I was still doing that job, I would knock doors and canvas for a, a brick company. Okay. Well, try and do that. Okay. Try and canvas <laughs> knock doors. Trust me. You got to have tough skin for this kind of stuff. Right. So yeah, yeah. It really prepare me. Nothing bad. What I tell people all the time is once you kind of go there, I mean, if someone says no to you in front of you and you know, about a price that you want, it's so much easier because you're in the door, you know, you're not getting yeah. slammed on. Uh, I told you, leave me alone. Don't you see the sign? You know what I mean? That kind of stuff. So uh, I, I, it really helped prepare me for um, this stuff. And it's one thing that uh, Brad Ellison, good friend of mine, Mm -hmm. He um, tells me all the time, sales just comes natural to me. 
um, we have conversations all the time. So it's like, I always think like, oh man, just do this. Right. And he sometimes will humble me and be like, bro, it's <laughs> normal. People don't just like come straight to that. You know what I mean? Sometimes this isn't something that's natural for people. It's something that's natural for you. And it's mm-hmm. something that I'm starting to realize, especially when uh, I'm starting to build SOPs and trainings for bringing on a salesperson now, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right on. Now I have a feeling, uh, I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Where does your drive come from? Honestly, man, I just always, I'm a very competitive person. When I was younger, I was competitive. I, I just always wanted to be a winner. And when I found something, I grabbed painting that, and I knew I was good at it and I was fast at it and I was thorough with it. And I, and I learned and I absorbed. Right. And when I figured I was like, this could be the thing that makes me be develop into the person I always knew I could be. Cause I always knew I could be this great, like, you know, you know, I'm not saying I'm like better than everybody. Don't get me wrong, but I knew I could be something more and, and, and be something where I could help other people. Cause that's, what's most important to me. I'll be honest with you. Like I get a, a adrenaline rush of walking into someone's house, getting them excited about a project. Right. And then delivering that, that to them. And, and cause we had a lady cry one time. She was so happy. She started crying because she had this vision of just these white cabinets. And I was like, uh, what was her name? It was Lester was the husband's name. I forgot what the lady's name was, but I was like, Lester, listen, I was like, that's a great idea. I was like, but let me give you a couple ideas. You know, I was like, I think if we do this because they had side cabinets, this cabinet and like this other thing, and they wanted to do all their stairs just in white. Right. And I, and I just done some projects where I, I could make it look really good. I was like, let's try this. And they're like, okay, we'll try this. Right. So we left the top step stained. We did all the side panels in white. And then we did the Island in an accent color, the side in a color that matched their countertops. And then the white ivory lace that they wanted. Right. And it looked so good. I mean, it looked so good. And I was like, oh, they're going to be so happy. This lady walked out because they only wanted just a basic white and everything. But I went with my idea and she was so happy. She started crying. She's like, I didn't even imagine my house ever looking as good as it does now. That's what like drives me. That that and my children. I will say my family and my children, like I I just will never. It's not an it's like some people give themselves an option. Um, I don't give myself options. It's like this is what needs to be done. This is why I do it. And this is what I'm going to do. Right. Um, Eric said, I think he was saying, um, what was it? It's like. He does, he said kind of the same thing worded differently. Like it's not an option to me. You know what I mean? When I make a list of what I need to do on each and every day, one thing that's always on that list is make sure I have enough energy to give my full time to my children when I get home each day. Cause a lot of people will tire themselves out at work and give 150% and then go home and just like, Oh, I'm too tired. I can't do it. Or I can't do it. I, that's not even an option in my head. You know what I mean? Like I go home, I spend three hours with my children, maybe four sometimes before they go to bed. I get them to bed. We go outside and we play. And I'm not going to lie to you. A lot of times I am tired. But that is one thing that I said when I started my company is I'm doing this because I want to spend more time with my family and I want to be there for every event that I can for my family. Because in the union, that was one thing I'd ask these questions, you know, because I'd listen to Gary Vee to get me all pumped up, right? <laughs> I'd ask these questions. I'd be like, what's one thing you guys like regret? Because we'd always eat lunch together. You'd be on a job with like 15, 20 guys, right? And it was a consensus thing is I wish that I would have been at more of my children's events and spent more time with my family, right? So those are things that when I decided to make that jump, that it was not an option for me. It just wasn't. It was that if if I ever felt like I was overworking or anything like that. Like I get done what I need to get done at the office. I go home and spend time with my families. And then on the weekends, 
I spend time with my family's my family as well. Like that's their time. You know, I don't get a lot of time for myself. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, but that was my decision because I wanted to have five children. And when I decided to do that, like that's on me. When, when I'm, my kids are older, because I have my kids when I was younger and I'm retired chilling and I have this great company that's running in systems, right? I'll be able to do whatever I want. You know what I mean? But uh, I try to make time to myself in the morning and meditate and pray. I pray every single morning. God is huge um, in my life. I tell you that right now. I pray every day, multiple times a day. I mean, when I go to, we just had a job actually um, where we use this new product. It was a super deep base. Um, we sprayed the doors. We added some cross linker um, for the gut and it mistinted. So it made the, the color that was on the gut was different than the color that was on the doors. So we're done. It was a beautiful job. We put them up. The homeowner, I get there. They sent me a picture. So I went over to it and I was like, homeowner's like, the doors look great. The gut looks great. They don't look great together. Right. So I was like, <laughs> I'm like, all right, well, we'll figure this out. So what I did was I had product at the shop, added the cross linker to it, resprayed all the doors. And I personally, um, came here last night um, to, to spray those doors to make sure that this was ready for the customer because the customer had a party that they're having on Sunday. And that was one of the main concerns was that they wanted to make sure that this project was done for their party on Sunday. So I, I made it happen for them. Um, my guys got everything else done, but I had to come and just flip them around and spray them one time. But I got two people hanging doors right now, finishing off that job. But um, I just think that those are super important things. Integrity is huge to me. Customer service is huge. I do not ever want to be the contractor that comes out of someone's mouth that says, well, they did a great job. We tried calling them back, never could get a hold of them. There was one touch up we seen, right? You know, I never want to be that guy because I try to treat people, my customers, my children, my employees, which I fall short of this sometimes. Okay. So I'm not going to say I'm perfect because I'm not, but I try to on a regular basis, do the next right thing um, and, and treat people how I would want to be treated in business. So like, I call people, you know, like I called Doug, said, hey, just want to give you, uh, you know, because I'm sure they're nervous now, right? They've seen this thing. They knew that we had their doors for a week. They're like, oh my gosh, like, is this not going to be done on this party? Did I pick the right company? Hey, Doug, just want to let you know, everything's good. We got all those doors sanded. I had this in 911. I go, we got the other side sprayed. I'm going to let it sit here till about eight o'clock and I'm going to come here personally myself and spray the other side so we can make sure we can get those hung for you tomorrow. He was so happy, nicest guy ever. But I do that extra stuff because I know how it is to be in that position and be like, oh my gosh, like nervous. Like this guy's nervous. And you know what I mean? About a project that he's paying me a bunch of money to do. I do not ever let my customers sit like that. I just think that's wrong. Like I want them to know exactly what's going on. Exactly that. Hey, you got nothing to worry about. Sleep good at night tonight and let's get this thing done. Right on. Now you mentioned systems, part of systems of having a proper tech stack. What does your tech stack look like? Um, so we have drip jobs. We use busy, busy. Um, that is a app that like, uh, tracks time. It also job costs for us. So I can actually put into there, like the amount of hours that the job was bid for. It will show me the employees that are there. Right. Um, and how many hours from how much they're getting paid is taken off of that project. So I can literally go on my computer and look at any time if a, if a project's behind uh, forward or whatever's going on, it makes it pretty easy. But that we use QuickBooks as well. QuickBooks is a big thing that we use. It helps us to see where we're at financially, especially when you're growing. It's super important to have. And the reason why is because I've been doing a lot of rapid growing. We've been hiring a lot of people and obviously like your you know, money in and out is going to change because if you bring on three people, now you got to spend more marketing dollars, right? Okay. And you have to see what everything weighs out because then sometimes you have to do some adjustments 
um, based on like your projects, right? Because I try to be as competitive as I possibly can be. I think a lot of people try to make as much profit as they possibly can be. I think it's, you want to be profitable 110%. Like we're at a 51% pop. So we're definitely profitable. Okay. But the other thing to me is that how can I get more people and like my cabinet jobs, like, can I make them a little bit cheaper because we have so many people doing it when we're making so much money that my profit margin's still huge. Like, do I really have to squeeze? So I try to do that as well. And I don't know if a lot of people do that, but that's something that I do. Like my cabinet jobs, I know that they're pricey because we do, I think a better job than anybody in our area. And we give, you know, a five-year warranty on them, all this stuff. Right. So what I try to do is when I hire more people, like when now I have three cabinet sets going on a week, right. I don't have to be at 7,500. I can be at around six, $6,000 and I have three of them going on and I'm still profiting way more than probably everybody else's, right? Based on the wages that I have. And because I only have two people doing cabinets. So I have three two man crews and I have a, a shop guy that stays in the shop and just sprays all the doors, you know? So we're able to be a lot more competitive that way. And instead of having to keep that number that high, you know, we can be more competitive, get more work. Um, our close percent percentage went up. We did that two months ago and our close percentage went up 12 points. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Mm -hmm. So those are like super, I think that is so crazy. If I wish that when I first started that I tracked everything, everything, it doesn't matter if you have two guys, track it all. If you're doing a cabinet set with 35 doors and drawers, they're maple. Know exactly how long that took you for you two, two guys to do that, right? And then systemize it. That was one thing I didn't do. I didn't write anything on paper. I just thought like, oh, I'll, I'll be in the field. I'll show them all how to do it. And everything's just going to go great. Well, it's just not how it goes. It might be right, a go right. great for when you're doing one job a week, but when you mm -hmm. start doing five, six jobs, four, even four jobs, four jobs in a week, like you have to have everything systemized or like how people are going to order their paint. Like we on Thursdays, we have our crew leads ordering paint for the following week's jobs. We have folders set up right there with the jobs for the next week, right? That they go in, they see the job detail, they order the paint that needs to be done. It gets dropped off at our shop. Our secretary labels it then, and then it's ready for them to go for the following week with the PO on it, right? Like that wasn't a thing you really needed to do with one job. But when you have that many jobs going on, it's a necessity, right? It's just something that like has to happen. But, um, Systemizing our company has really get, bought me back time though. If you're an owner, you're rapidly growing, you feel like your head's, you know, you're, you're, you're being pulled in 90 different ways, sit down, figure like, how do we do, how do we paint walls? How do I want my guys painting walls? How do I want my guys, you know, uh, picking up cabinet doors? How do I want my guys sanding doors? What kind of grit sandpaper, all that stuff. Just take an eight hour time block and do that, okay? And I am telling you right now, it's not like it's all just going to happen right overnight, but train them on these processes, build a process of like where you can give them accountability to using these processes, like a checks and balances. Right. And I'm telling you within about a 60 day period, you will see a crazy significant change of stress level. You know what I mean? Yep. And so Nick, you mentioned drip jobs. Uh, we kind of ran over that for first time listeners explain drip jobs, please. Okay. So drip jobs is huge. Okay. So I tried different CRMs. I've had house call pro, um, was it another one that we used cheap option? $50 wasn't bad for when I first got it. Drip jobs really has made a significant difference, um, for us personally. Um, and the reason why is it automates text messages. So like you're, if someone fills out a lead form, right? They're getting touched immediately. 
So, hey, and I, I switched it to my secretary's name. So, hey, this is Brittany. So if they contact back, she's able to call them, discuss things with them. So when she says, hey, this is Brittany from Elite Paint, they already know who she is. Because they're like, oh, Brittany, the one that sent me the, the message, right? Um, not only that, from our crews, running our crews, now that we're growing, I mean, being able to just, I like printing them and putting them in a folder. I like people touching it. That way they have to read it. Like, because on your phone, you could go, something pops up and then you just go to Facebook, right? Or something like that. So I like them touching it, but we print out the work orders from drip jobs. Um, it's just been a super, super beneficial thing for, for me being a painting contractor. Um, and for people who aren't very good at following up, I'm very good at following up. I'll be honest with you. I think you can make a ton of money on following up. That is like, People don't realize like you go and give an estimate. That's just one little straw there, dude. Because if you're a higher price, you got to follow up and you got to follow up multiple times until someone tells you, no, you got to keep following up. But they do automatic follow ups, which gives you touch points for then it to reopen up the sale. Right. So like they'll send an automatic drip. Right. Hey, Jenny, it's been six days. I uh, seen the, uh, you know, uh, uh, approval hasn't come through. Wondering if what kind, if you need any other information to make a decision. Right. Well, uh, yeah. So we were looking at, you know, cost of paint. Right. You know, why is that so much? Bam. I get on the phone. I see that that came up. I call them immediately. And now I start talking about cost of paint. But not only am I talking about that, now I'm reselling them. I'm reeling them in. Is that the only information that you needed? Was it just the paint that was really keeping you away from approving this estimate? Well, no, you know, start time. So I see you guys get here at 8.30. I would need people here at 9 a.m., right? 9 a.m. Okay. You know, that's no problem. You know what? I actually have some doors that they can sand um, in the week that, that I'm looking at scheduling you guys. If I get them there at 9 a.m., right? Would that help her earn your business today? Like, is that the only, you know, breaking straw here? Cindy or whatever her name is, right? <laughs> and uh, then I just sell them and we get them and I get them to approve it then. You know what I mean? Yeah. And people don't realize that that's so huge because mm -hmm. it, it opens up the door for them to list their pain points for them, for you to sell and, and get and collect that deposit or whatever you guys are doing. Right. And, and I love that. I love drip jobs. It's really, really helped me. Even when I didn't have my secretary, it was like a safe haven because I knew if I couldn't get on the phone right away, if I was spraying or something like that, that I had someone that was touching base with them right away. And then when I could get to them, they didn't feel like they just called someone and no one ever answered or called them right away. You get what I'm saying? Yep. Right on. What are some books that you really like and that you recommend? Well, traction is that's the number one. I started with grit. I went with traction. Um, what are I'm some actually, of your takeaways from traction? Um, I mean, I, I, the way that I've ran my company that like the leadership um, roles, everything that they're doing, I wasn't a business savvy guy, right? I was a good salesman, but business wasn't anything. This was a system that it literally step-by-step step tells you, and then you can put into your business, see what works or doesn't work for you, right? But even if you take two things from the book and apply it to your company, it's going to help you tenfold, right? So traction is something I would definitely suggest for early like if you're just starting your company, you're just getting into some of these things that I'm that like, you know, I explained, right? Get into traction, get a notepad out, take notes. And I promise you try and instill some of these things into your company and it will, it will help you tenfold. Okay. Um, another one was a hundred million dollar offer. Um, Alex Hermosi, 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 last name, yeah, but Hermosi. Yeah. great book on marketing. Okay. In general sales and marketing, but like marketing touch base on it really, if you don't know much about marketing or how it works, or you're working with a marketing company and you don't think they're doing a good job or something like that, read that book, read that book, 
see if they're doing stuff like they're doing in that book and it will help you understand if they're doing a good job or if they even know what they're doing, right? That was something that really opened my eyes and helped me when I was having these Zoom calls with my marketers, right? And keeping them on their toes, okay? Like, hey, are they really doing, because that's one thing that was super nerve wracking to me. We're paying all this money. How do I know? Oh, it's going to take three to four months for this to work and, and 60 days for this to work, right? And you're just like, Sounds like you're going to get paid a lot before I get any results, right? You know, <laughs> so this is a way to um, educate yourself um, so that you can, you know, give them some pointers or, or see if they're doing some things as well. Love that mm-hmm. book, though. But I, I, like I was telling you before the podcast, I learned most of my stuff from podcasts, man. Podcasts, I listen to content. That is my bread and butter. I'm in my car. I got someone's podcast on that I'm listening to whatever I choose because I always choose on Sundays. I, I plan the week out of what topic. Am I going to search? And then I, I make a you know a podcast or something each day that I'm going to devote on that topic to educate myself, right? Because as a business owner, I know about painting, right? Um, but business, sales, things, it's constantly evolving. So you want to, if I'm not learning new things and I'm trying to tell my guys to learn new things, like who am I, right? Um, you got to be stay ahead of the curve. And I think that's one thing that people don't realize is that like, if you, if you have a bunch of marketing channels out, you see it like Facebook works really good one month. Google works really good one month, then door hangers then you know what I mean? So you have to kind of be a little bit everywhere and see, okay, this is working well. Let me like put some more eggs in that basket for this month. Right. And I think that's one thing that people don't realize is if you're just using one marketing channel, I promise you this, like it's, <laughs> there's going to come a point where that's not going to work for a month or two and you're going to be stressed out. Right. Oh, yeah, so you right. want to dip into a little bit of everything for sure. Right on. I really appreciate you coming on, Nick. This has been awesome. It's cool. We have a lot in common. You know, you you live about a, a, an hour away from where I grew up. I also had a poor upbringing. I also got started in telemarketing sales. I was 17 and uh, also came down here in Florida, started all over cold calling door to door. Door to door. Can I paint your house? Yep. No. So you know how house? you got to Can I paint your house? Dog. You know? <laughs> so, yep. Yeah. But but it gave us the tenacity, the will to just keep going. And we're not scared of no's anymore, right? Like, we're already yes. at no. We can't get any more no than what we are right now. So, might as well yep. ask for it, right? <laughs> Is there a, a question I should have asked or a final point you'd like to make before we roll out? The final point I like to make, I like to do this for everybody, man. You, uh, a business owner is a lonely road. Okay. Seek out these people who are other business owners on these pages. Okay. Um, I tell everybody I come in contact with, like, if I can help you in any way, shape or form, um, in anything, like, please reach out to me. Right. Um, but you're not alone. It's hard. Sometimes there's days where I'm like on the top of the world and I think this is the greatest thing. And there's days like, am I just going to get rid of this company? Okay. It happens to the best of us. Um, grit, you have to have grit in this business because there's going to be days and curveballs left and right. Um, but just stay positive. You can always choose to be happy, happy. Like you can always choose to look at the glass half full. That's one thing I, I do a lot of videos on Facebook of like positivity. And it's sometimes more for me than anybody else. I'm just trying to get myself in that mind frame. Um, but there's tons of people out here, especially in the painting business that are willing to help you in any way, shape or form and give you anything that you need. PCA is a absolutely fantastic organization that is willing to help. There's so many people and they're willing to help seek out these people and ask, take, put the pride away and ask for help. And, um, just know we all started where, where you guys are like where you're at or where I was at. We all started at a place where we had one guy or it was just you painting, right? Um, limiting beliefs 
are always going to keep you at that point. Um, you can do so much more than what your mind tells you. Um, just stay positive. And, and the one thing I can tell you is that if you're not trying to work hard, being a business owner is not the job for you. Um, because that's one thing that I put in my head every day is that I'm willing to get up and I'm willing to work harder than everybody else to get to that end position that I am. But the one thing, and then I'll end with this is that do not always make sure that family is number one for you as well. Do not sacrifice your family time for your business. Make sure that you're able to balance both of those in each world. Um, because you will regret that you, you can always get uh, money back. You cannot get time back. So I will I will end with that, though. Right. Uh, if somebody like to follow up, what's the best way that they could connect or contact you? Um, so my email address, this is my actual personal one, is nkells32 at gmail.com. Um, on Instagram, it's Elite Paint Home Renovations. On TikTok, it is Elite Paint Home Reno. Facebook though, Nick Joe, look me up on Facebook, message me on Facebook. I have people that do that um, periodically. If you message me on there, I will get back to you. I will help you with anything that I can. Um, and the reason I do that is because I had so many great um, people in this industry, Brad, Nick, Tanner, um, Eric, um, and the list goes on that have done the same thing for me. So reach out to me on Facebook. I have no problem helping you out there. Fantastic. Thanks again, Nick. Have a great day. Hey, you as well. Thank you, sir. Paynet podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org.